Next up on Talk Zone is Corporate Talk with Charlie and Eva. Are you concerned about your job? Concerned about losing it? Concerned about not having the tools needed to reinvent your career or to reposition yourself in the workplace? If the answer to any of these questions is yes, or even if you just want to be a part of the workplace improvement revolution, then join the conversation right now on Corporate Talk with Charlie and Eva. Now, here are your hosts, Charlie and Eva. Hey there. Do you accept every task assigned? Do you believe every task assigned is a contract to deliver? Do you know your current job description? Does it map back to what you do? Which way is west in space? That's always a good question. Welcome, everyone, to uh, Corporate Talk with Charlie and Eva. Hi, Eva. Hello, Charles. How are you? I am good. Um, today's show, of course, is Question Everything, and I uh, just wanted to give everyone a little taste. Yeah. Can you um, go through those questions once again? Uh, sure. Do you accept every task assigned? Sometimes. Do you believe every task assigned is a contract to deliver? Maybe. Do you know your current job description? Yes. Does it map back to exactly what you do? Yes. Cool. <laughs> Which way is west in space? It depends. <laughs> so, um, yeah, question everything is the key to success. We are convinced. Um, but first, let's share some upcoming announcements, my dear. Well, the biggest thing is that this week we're going to be in New York City for the National Publicity Summit. Once again, Steve Harrison's National Publicity Summit, we're going to be meeting more people, publishers, no, yep. publishers, authors, and to have them on the show. So that's always a great time. Yep. These are the um, the game changers, the change agents, the entrepreneurs of the current time. It's always a lot of fun because it's speed dating for us. We get to interview all these people in two minute little shifts. Plus in New York City, we can go and have a $90 burger. That's always a fun time. Uh-huh. And then also, um, if you're in the Cincinnati area, Stand Up and Be Heard is my workshop. My four week workshop is starting on Monday. So that's always fun. We've got a lot of people coming this time, but there's still time to sign up if you want to do that. And then in June, I'm going to be launching my online version of Stand Up and Be Heard. So that's going to be coming up very soon. Yeah, that's big. That's a big moment. That's and that a big is moment. also related and connected to everything we think, do, and say here on the show. Um, today's theme, no exception, because in order to question everything, to become successful, you need to have the skills to stand up and be heard. Well, one of the problems with question everything is if you have stage fright or performance anxiety, it can be tough to um, question anything. Yep. Excellent. Um, so, yeah, we'll keep everyone posted on all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and when we come back from New York, we'll have a full report. We'll have a full report. Be very fun. Um, also, I'd like to welcome any viewers from The Factor, Bill O'Reilly's former show, that might be looking for a new home. Um, Why do I get the feeling that they're not going to find their home here? <laughs> well, our show does have something in common and ah. that we're a no spin zone, too. Oh, there you go. Um, and we believe there's greatness in everyone. Therefore, we also believe everyone, not just some profile demographic, has something of value to bring to the table. So the no spin zone 
mission of this show is to leave no stone unturned while inspiring others to bring their unique value to the table. Got you. Okay? Yes. Very important. Uh, we're in this together. Mm-hmm. Um, so, again, today's theme, question everything. Um, I wanted to start off this first segment with uh, the Enron story. Okay, just to go back a little bit. I um, actually, that's one of my favorite stories. Uh, Enron's logo was why ask why mm-hmm. meaning why ask why something can't be done because they believe everything is possible okay so the employees of that company needed to pay attention there and ask why <laughs> right why it does nobody know what enron does right so um you know, that's a good lesson to be learned. Right. And why don't we, what I wanted to do also was kind of take a step back and talk about Enron because Enron was a big deal. But I think, you know, as the years go on, you know, people start to forget what exactly happened at Enron. Right. Because that was in, started, 18, I think, in, two, what? <laughs> <laughs> started in um, 2001 and they were an energy company based in Houston, Texas. And they used Arthur Anderson, and for the younger people listening, they might not even know who Arthur Anderson is, but at the time, they were a huge accounting firm, and they were the ones that were auditing their books, right? And it became one of the largest bankruptcy reorganization in American history at that time because of what they did, right? So. I'll just read this really quick. Enron was formed in 85 by Kenneth Lay after they merged with Houston Natural Gas and Internorth. And then several years later, Jeffrey Skilling was hired. And for those of you from Chicago, you might know Jeffrey Skilling's brother, Tom Skilling, who actually does the weather there. And, um, and they developed a staff of executives and by the use of accounting loopholes, special purpose entities and poor financial reporting were able to hide billions, billions with a B. We use that word a lot here of dollars in debt from failed deals and projects. Hmm. And chief financial officer Andrew Fasto and other executives not only misled Enron's board of directors and audit committee on high risk accounting practices, but also pressured Anderson to ignore the issues. Now, let's think about that for a moment. They pressured Arthur Anderson, the largest accounting firm at the time. They pressured them to ignore the issues. Now, Anderson, on average, used to get at least a few million for doing an audit. Mm -hmm. And the whole reason, why does an auditor come into an organization, Charles? To ignore the uh, auditing rules. Right. That's <laughs> what it would seem like, right? Because really what they're supposed to do is they're not just supposed to say, okay, and sign off on the financials. They're supposed to say, hang on a second. These books are cooked and we cannot sign off on them. Right. But because they were so entrenched and they got so much money, they ignored the issues. And after Enron... Anderson went under. And to this day, I think 
all those older guys from Anderson would tell you that they were framed, which is just baloney. Right. Um, that's the leader see, leader do mentality. Um, and it's on us. Well, I would say it's worse than leader see, leader do. It's worse than leader see, leader do. Because when you have an accounting firm that signs off on a set of books, you're then assuming that those books are accurate and not fraudulent. Right. So that's why Anderson went under. It wasn't leader see, leader do. It was fraud. Right. And so they actually went to court with that. So Enron shareholders filed a $40 billion, $40 billion with a B again, lawsuit after the company's stock price, which achieved a high of $90 per share in mid-2000, plummeted to less than a dollar by the end of November 2001. The SEC came in, began an investigation, and Dynagy, which was another energy competitor, came in to make the, they went to purchase the company. And then they filed, Enron filed for bankruptcy under Chapter 11. And their $63 billion in assets made it the largest corporate bankruptcy in U.S. history until WorldCom the next year. Well, okay, so um, we don't want to make light of it. It was terrible. It was a tragedy. Mm-hmm. Um, when we need to stand up as employees, wherever we are at any level and learn to question things, not to be confrontational, but to question things. Now, there was someone in the organization that did question right now that there is. And I know what people are thinking. Well, yeah, if you start to question when you're in the middle of all this hoopla, you know, they're going to get rid of you. So we're going to be addressing that today as well, because it's not just like, Hey, and start questioning without any kind of a plan. Right. Um, so in the corporate world, when I say question everything, you know, we look, we all want the same thing, right? Like we said in our little write up for the show, mm-hmm. we want to gain recognition. We want an opportunity to deliver. We want to avoid punishment. Um, and how do we get there? Well, we have to be a go to person of value. We have to be relevant in the workplace. Well, how do we get there? We have to start asking questions and we have to start conversing um, and bringing out the conversation, letting people know that you are focused enough to question what's being asked, not necessarily confrontationally, like I say, but Mm -hmm. why exactly is this being done? You know, I go back to um, a, contract I had uh, a few years back and we're sitting at a table and everybody's quiet. You can hear a pin drop and the meeting started and it was my first day there. And the, uh, the head person was saying, now everybody understands that there's a hard date here. This project must be completed by September. So whatever it takes to get that done, mm-hmm. we need to do. So, I asked the question and I said, excuse me, is it September 1st or September 30th? And everybody was in shock. Like, what? So he said, well, what's your point? 
I said, well, no. <laughs> My point is, is it the September 1st or September 30th? Because that would give me 30 more days. Mm-hmm. Right. And so. Or 30 less days. Or 30 less days. Um, so that was, and he didn't have an answer for that. Mm-hmm. So then I had a follow up question. I said, well, so what is the reason then for September? I mean, what is happening? Is it a product launch? Is, is the spaceship leaving? I mean, what is the reason? And really couldn't answer that. Right. And, um, everybody was very much dumbfounded because they're working round the clock for this deadline that maybe wasn't even necessary. Well, and then we found that a lot. We right. found that a lot. So it is important to question like you did. I mean, what you asked wasn't a belligerent question. It was just a very, it was a very smart question, it was right? A, because yeah. it was 30 days of, you know, 60 hour weeks. Yeah. So there's no, um, you know, there's no fear. There's no covert, um, reason that if you stick your head up, you're going to get a bullet in it. Uh, when you question collaboratively, People want to hear it, right? Right. And questioning also, it starts, it can start at work, it can start at home, but it is something that, you know, you don't want to be obnoxious of (laughs) that every time anybody asks you anything, you say, why? You know, what's for dinner? Well, why do you ask? You don't want to be that, right? But there is something to be said for whatever information that you have coming in to start questioning it, because now we're seeing what everyone's calling fake news, right? Well, we think that our source is the right source. That's not the fake one. But it's important to question all of that because that's not really true. That's not really true always. There's a lot of misinformation out there. So we're starting with work, but also understand that it also goes into work, home, community, etc. I mean, you really want to start questioning right down to your and now I'll get all coachy, right down to your internal thoughts. Like, question yourself. Question yourself, right. It, you know, is is what I'm thinking about myself and my capabilities really accurate? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, um, it goes along with the responsibility of being a person, <laughs> right? Right. <laughs> and so when you start questioning in that way, it's not about being belligerent. It's about looking at things a little bit differently and starting to say, well, hang on a second. We can do this differently. That's where the visionaries came into play. That's where anyone that you've ever thought of is, is a change agent or a visionary or someone that's an innovator. The reason that they are that is because in the beginning, people thought they were quest- crazy because they were questioning everything. Yeah. They were saying, no, this, there's a better way to do this. Well, and there's other benefits too. It slows down the game and it, it, um, the questions become answered, so everybody gets smarter. Right. right? You kind of got to maintain that that balance of willingness to be influenced, but not just going to blindly say yes to everything. Right. Right. Um, excellent. Okay. So great first segment. Um, there's a lot more to come on this, so please stay with us. Corporate talk with Charlie and Eva. We'll be right back. This is Charlie Lobosco. If you're working on a development project practicing agile methodologies, this message is for you, regardless of your role on the team. Agile is a faster, smarter, and more efficient way to develop and deliver continuous results. 
If this is not happening in your Agile environment, reach out right now. My Agile coaching and certification training programs empower you with Agile skills that encourage collaboration, increase productivity, and even improve overall team morale. Now that's making a difference. I say, become Agile certified the right way, regardless of your role on the team, and then watch what happens. Reach out right now to Charlie at charlieandiva.com and let's continue this conversation. Your future is counting on you. And now, let's return to Corporate Talk with Charlie and Eva on TalkZone.com. So thanks for staying with us, everyone. Today's show theme is Question Everything. And so then we have to ask ourselves, why? <laughs> uh, just it, it, one quick note yeah. is... It kind of raises the bar on everyone because you have to be the people around you know they're going to have to answer them. <laughs> right. right. Well, and, and so I was thinking back on, on my own career and around questioning everything. And one of the things that started to happen as we got um, further along in our careers is that the further along you were, the more people started to question things. So some people could become really complacent and were just kind of biding their time, but others started to question. And I remember a real eye-opener for me, and, and I think I've talked about this before, was a real eye-opener for me was someone that I worked with. He came into our department um, as he came in as subordinate to me. However, he had already been a director. He really wanted to get into PCs, right, and networking. So he came in. He already had enough money to retire. And I remember that our director would come by and ask him to do something. And and it would be like a drive-by. You know, he would walk mm-hmm. by and he would drop something in your lap out of the blue. And then you'd be scrambling to get something done by Friday or whatever arbitrary deadline he'd put on it. And then you would give it to him and you'd never hear again about it. So I remember asking mm-hmm. my friend, well, you know, did you do what he had asked you to do? And he said, oh, no. And I said, well, you didn't do it. And he said, oh, no, I never do it until it's the third request, because by the third request, I know he's serious. He goes, if he's just walking by my cube and he asks me for something, I don't do it till I hear again. And then when he says, you know, the third time I go, oh, yeah, you know, I've been thinking about that. I'm going to get that to you, you know, within a day or two. But you know what? He's not becoming a go to person with that strategy. Well, he was a go to person. I mean, he should be saying, do you understand I, I don't? address these right away is that, you know, because I wait for your third request, do you understand because it's wasteful? Right. But what would happen then, we also have to be careful there too, because what would happen then is that that director could get very annoyed and say, every single thing I give you to do is very important. Right. It's tricky. It's tricky. Right. So he was never disrespectful to him. And he would at times question him. But for the most part, if it was just this drive-by type of thing, then no, he would wait for it. Yeah. And I, too, you know, as I got older in my career, I was working for someone, and I, too, would get these drive-bys. They were actually drive-by phone calls because everybody was working um, off-site. And I would get some weird request. But I would question it. And, but I would question it in a way. And so this is the part that's important. It's always about questioning in a way where you're not being disrespectful of the person with the request, regardless of what level that person is at. So it's always about respectfully saying, I see what you're saying. I understand what you'd like, 
but you know what? I think there might be a better way to do this. Or like if we put in this much time, this is going to take me X, Y, Z number of hours to get done. Is this really what we want to spend the time on when we have X, Y, Z pending right now? Yeah. And more times than not, I would get, oh, yeah, you're right. Just work on whatever it is you're working because they hadn't thought it through. Well, you want to also take credit for your own intelligence, too, right? Um, Because if it wasn't a relevant question... It would be like, that's your question? Right. So it's always, it's a relevant question, but maybe they haven't looked at all the different angles of it because they're simply not into the day-to-day details. Well, there's another reason, and mm-hmm. but that is very true, right? So when we're talking about um, actual work questions, not yes or no, are we going to do this task questions, right? The the nitty gritty of what we do for a living. Right. Um, some of us are visual and some of us are verbal and some of us are just in between writers, basically, right? Yeah. So if we're in a meeting and people are passing around stuff mm-hmm. on how something's going to work, like in our banking days, well, we're going to we're going to memo post a transaction, you know, blah, blah, blah. I'm visual. I need to question that. Right. I need to say, OK, so how does this work? A customer walks into the bank and what happens? Walk me through it that way. You know, so I like to ask questions to actually drill down on what the request it's is. It's actually not so much visual as it is granular. Granular. Yeah, so you like to know all the steps, which makes sense because sometimes people don't think through all the steps. They're too high right? level. They're too high level. So they may not even understand what all the steps are. They want you to come up with all the steps. But that's something to be said about critical thinking, right? Because that's really where critical thinking comes in. It's about, yes, taking a request, but then really understanding and getting down to the nitty-gritty of what that request is about. So when you got that question... It really was, well, hang on. You know, when you got that request, it really was around questioning it by saying, well, hang on. What exactly does that all entail? Can you walk me through the steps? So maybe that person doing the request can't walk you through all the steps, but he or she knows someone that can get you through all the steps. Hopefully, yes, exactly. And, you know, I'm asking the question as a teammate that's on the hook to deliver, and the only thing that really matters is the results, mm-hmm. right? So I have to take that into account as well, right? So oftentimes people would lay low and go figure it out on their own. Meanwhile, the clock is ticking and the money is being spent. Right, and I think that that's a big piece of what I talk about in the Stand Up and Be Heard workshop because it is all about actually asking those questions in the group. Because maybe the person that you're asking the question of doesn't have the answer, but there might be other people in the group that do, or it then springboards into other questions, right? And other people start saying, oh, yeah, hang on, I forgot about this. And it's all done in that meeting time frame and not in a million different emails and a million different calls in between because people weren't asking the questions that they had. Right. There's no reason not to. Right. There's no reason not to. But that's another thing 
that's going to go down to another level of questioning. So, so many times within a culture, within an organization, and I will even take this further and say a culture within a family, right? So a a culture, um, the thoughts within an organization's culture can also mean that people don't speak up because they say, oh, no, 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 you don't want to question him because he's going to rip your head off. Yeah. Right. He's going to rip your head off. Or you don't want to look like you don't know he'll replace you. Right. So those are the types of things when you hear that kind of advice. When you get that advice, you really want to start looking at and questioning if that's really the case and putting your own toe in the water. I know I actually had that happen with a big offsite I was at, I was told to not ask any questions and that it was absolutely essential that I did not speak at all and did not voice my opinion that I was just there to take notes was what I got from someone at my level. And when I got into the meeting, something came up and I couldn't help myself and I asked a question. And not only did that question, that question was well received, But then that also sprung board into other questions that were asked of me. And suddenly it was like I was engaged in the conversation. And so what it comes out is maybe they didn't want this person asking questions because this person didn't have the same type of knowledge that I had around this meeting. Yeah. And And so when that person had questioned in the past, everybody kind of said, you know what? It's kind of obvious that you don't know what you're talking about. So you might want to sit back. It's also the collaborative versus confrontational approach. Sometimes people just measure to ask questions, right? Sometimes people really want to get good conversations started to better the results. And those questions are embraced and you have that, you know, ability. Well, yeah, that it's about actually furthering the conversation and not just speaking up just so that your voice is heard. Right? right. You want to make sure that you are contributing something of value and it's sort of the opposite of question everything, right? It's there's also those people that just want to constantly be talking just so that they're heard when they're not really necessarily contributing at that point, right? So there's you have to have a little bit of self-awareness around yourself and Listen to what people are saying, but question it. Is it someone that is really trying to help me or is it someone that, mm, you know, I think I get it and I think that I can handle this myself? Yeah, some of the ways I would deal with it would be if I was the only one in my company mm-hmm. and I was getting my requirements for this big project that I was going to deliver myself. Mm-hmm. I would have to know everything possible about the requirements to make sure I can do the work. Well, requirements from your side of it, because in a large team, you're going to have a number of different people that have a number of different requirements. So you don't have to know about what everybody's doing, but you need to be granular on what you're doing and you need to be at least high level on what everyone else is doing. So I found such um, such a miss with that in that the questions never come up. So what when I hear something for another group, mm-hmm. I would even say, hold on, that sounds really complicated to me. Do you really know what that's that's being asked of you? 
And if the person says yes, I'd say, well, can you maybe explain it? Or if we take it offline, because I'd like to understand it better. Or if the person said, no, I really don't, then, you know, we're back to what you were getting in that, you know, more questions, more conversation. Well, and I think something that is not really brought up a lot is the type of people that you're talking to in any given meeting. So depending on your organization and depending on where you're at within the organization, there are going to be some people that tend to hang back, that tend to be a bit more introverted. And then there's going to be other groups that tend to have a lot more extroversion in the group, right? So everybody's kind of talking. So you just want to make sure that you also know the dynamics of the people in the room and that you, if you're the one that's facilitating a conversation, that you're actually kind of drawing out and asking people questions too to get more information from them if they're the types that tend to hang back a little bit. Right. And, and to that, if that is true, if I'm facilitating, it's dangerous because I do want to hear from everyone. Right. right. And I don't like to time box these meetings um, in these time frames of hour intervals, I, I'd like to have them run until the information is vetted. <laughs> right. You know. Right. Um, so no, I think this is um, a really good start. We have a lot more to talk about. Stay with us, everyone. Today we are questioning everything. Corporate talk with Charlie and Eva. We'll be right back. Charlie Labosco and Eva Lewandowski are on a mission to make a difference in your career, your life, and the world. As consultants, coaches, speakers, and trainers, they each bring different skill sets to the table as well as different products and services, all of which are designed to make a difference for you. Are you looking for fame, fortune, and recognition? Need help with speaking up and being heard? Looking for the right tools for the right issue? Look no further. Go to charlieandeva.com. Check us out. Opt in to our newsletter. And let's be teammates. Let's face it. Getting noticed at work can be tough. And if you're someone that struggles with anxiety when giving a presentation, voicing your opinion, or sharing your skills with other professionals, it can be even tougher. Hi, I'm Eva Lewandowski, and I know how it feels. You have the confidence, yet when all eyes are on you, the fear can kick in. I tried everything from Toastmasters to hypnosis, and nothing helped. But in my search, I uncovered a secret. There was nothing wrong with me. I just needed the right combination of tools and support. So I developed my own program that teaches you how to calm the physical symptoms, stop the negative self-talk, and shows you how to confidently step into the role of leader, regardless of your job title. If you do the work, this program is not only effective, it's fast. So reach out to me at Eva at charlieandeva.com for a free 30-minute consultation. It's your turn to step into the spotlight. Let's get back to Charlie and Eva for more corporate talk on TalkZone. Excellent. Welcome back, everyone. Um, today's theme is Question Everything. So here's a few more. Are you honest with yourself? If this was your own business and the money was coming out of your pocket, would you pay someone the same salary as you're getting today to do the same job and, and get the same performance? Yes. Interesting, right? 
do you know the current organizational chart of your company? If you lost your job, would you blame someone? Have you shared anything nice about your company? I mean, I can just go on and on and on and on because those type of questions change my attitude in the workplace, mm-hmm. right? Puts me in a better place, uh, keeps me either away from the water cooler or <laughs> like a magnet at the water cooler because everybody wants some of that, right? Right. You know, it's so important. It is so important to have an understanding of what the people in your team and even in the rest of the organization do. You don't have to know it, again, at a granular level, but you do need to know it at kind of a high level to get an idea of, you know, this person does this, this person does this, and this is how I fit into this organization. Because so many times, and we've seen it so much, is you'll have somebody at maybe like a mid-level, not even at a low level, that only does the piece of their job that they were told to do and never really questions why they're doing it or or how it fits into the big scheme of things or is there a way to do it better or is there a way to do it faster? Sometimes we get so heads down in everything that's going on and we get so overwhelmed by everything that's asked of us instead of taking a minute looking up and saying, well, hang on a second, like why are we doing this kind of stuff? And more times than not, you'll get an answer like, well, we've always done it this way. Okay, well, that was like 30 years ago. It might be time to look at a different, faster way to do this or even eliminate it. I can't tell you. like, Let's just talk about it. Maybe you're right. Maybe you're not. Right. Maybe you're right. Or maybe there's a different way to do this. I know when I was in accounting, we used to create all these reports. And it got to the point where I would start to question people as to, are you even using, you know, at that time it was paper in the original days. Even when we had everything automated, they could see it online Everybody still wanted the paper, right? So we were creating these like massive amounts of paper reports every single month. Do you really even look at this thing? Or do you look at page 10 and then that's all you need, right? Is there a way to get this to you some other way, a faster way that A, would save you a bunch of time and would save a tree and also save us time? You know, I mean, that's the way to start looking at these things. So a lot of people do that. But I think now what's happening is everybody's gotten into the survival mode. And that was what we were talking about last time. But everybody's gotten into the survival mode where they're really just heads down into their work and not looking up. And in order to really survive, you need to look up. Yeah, this is a there's a selfish message here, right, that we're kind of sharing. And that is um, job security will come. When you become relevant um, outside of your job description as well as inside your job description. Yes. And, you know, the more you speak and learn to question, the more empowering you'll become. To me, um, the greatest compliment I can get at work is when somebody says, what do you think? And, you know, I always jump up and down when I hear that because they know that I may have something to say, like, that's a sign of relevance. (laughs) Right. Right? Right. And that's where we want to be because, like I said earlier, we all want the same thing, right? We want to gain recognition. We want to make lots of money. Um, Maybe we want to gain recognition and make lots of money with no responsibility, but that doesn't work. That doesn't map. So the best thing to do is 
learn as much as you can by interacting, by asking. And so I'm going to take it in another little direction here. I'm going to also say, also question what you're hearing from different leaders, right? So there's a lot of stuff coming out of the Harvard Business Review, a lot of great stuff, um, a lot of different leadership consultants coming out, a lot of different different leadership management styles. Um, and I think sometimes we take that as gospel. And it might have worked in their organization, but maybe it doesn't work in your organization. And I think it's really important to even question what we're taking in reading from what we say are experts. Yeah, very, very important. I agree. Yeah, because sometimes they, you know, a lot of times they are good at what they do, but they don't give you the whole story. Yeah. You know, I've really found that to be true is they don't get the whole story. Um, especially when it comes to entrepreneurial ventures, but it can be the same within a corporate arena as well. You know, you'll hear the stories about how, you know, I really, you know, I went from like the mail room to the boardroom and that could very well be true, but maybe you don't get the full story of how long it took and what they actually had to do. And there are people that are very much in integrity, but there are some that are not. And I think it's more and more important to start really vetting what you're listening to and what you're reading. Um, that's the end game as well, because you, these are your standards, right? The buck stops with you, regardless if you're reading it from a leader or not. Mm-hmm. You need to put it through your filters right? and make sure, you know, um, if it makes sense for you. We, we had people touting leadership while there while the company stock went from fifty dollars a share down to one. Right. And we had uh bullies touting leadership while they were outsourcing and offshoring the workforce. And I'm saying, well where's the leadership? Right? So that's not what that is, you know, and over the years, and we've shared this as well, we've been six sigmid, black belted, CMM, these are all big, tough, loud people with new ways to lead, with new ways to hit people over the head, right? Right, and and get more out of people when they're already giving you everything they've got and probably not getting paid that well because they haven't gotten a decent raise in how many years when senior management is getting huge bonuses, you know, double, triple their salaries. It's craziness. It's yeah. craziness. So it's really important to question all of that. And the one thing that I started to question is statistics. I think statistics are absolutely baloney. And I know that there's people out there that will say, no, no, you know, it's, it's, it's a science. It's a mathematical science. You know, I mean, it's, it's true. It is true. Statistics has its place. However, you can skew a stat to be anything you want it to be. Yeah. Oh, uh, um, I agree. Uh, that's a sore point with me. I agree, especially when I hear the 80-20 stuff. Yeah. That, to me, is always made up. Well, right. and, and, you know, where does that number come from? Right. You know, it's like it's 77.2% of people. Right. right. And, you know. you know, in the workplace, statistics um, and then a distant relative is metric managing, you know. Right. Uh, 
what are the KPIs, what are the key performance indicators, all of that to me is lack of trust, right? The results should be speaking for themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, so, Well, and then when you had like two people in the team, it didn't make sense to even use those indicators because there wasn't enough people to make a proper Indicator. Right. It was just right. It was like top. What was it? Top, top 10, ten, bottom, bottom 10. ten. There's two people in your team. Yeah. And you still had to do it. So it, this it month you could be top sense. ten. Right. And next month I could be top ten. And it's just the craziest thing I've ever heard. Yeah. And that came from leader see leader do big loudmouth, well known, you know, nationally famous person. Um, and uh, it doesn't have a clue anymore of what's going on in the workplace. No, I mean. Maybe, you know, in the 50s, I don't know, Ozzie and Harriet days, that would have right, worked it flies. better. No, I know. <laughs> and so that's, it's so important to start looking at that and seeing, okay, maybe some of this is a key concept. Does this really fit what I'm trying to do in my own department or my own organization? Does this really fit? And sometimes we fight change. Right. So sometimes it is a bit of resistance on our part that we say this is never going to work and we just kind of throw it out the door offhand. On the other hand, we also can sometimes look at things and say, like, oh, because it came from so and so, this must be the right thing to do. Well, you know, going back to your previous point, if I was questioning something like, let's say, work related, a test plan Mm -hmm. and it came back as, well, we're doing it this way now, so give it a chance before you resist the change. If it was that type of interaction, I would be fine with it, right? I stated my case. Right. I made my point. They collaborated back and said, well, you know, it seems like you're just resisting. Give it a chance first. That's fine. That means that the issue isn't closed and we can raise it again. Well, and that brings up a good point about being open minded. Mm -hmm. Right. So it is question everything, but then also be open minded to getting the to when you get the feedback to then be able to say, yeah, okay, this makes sense. Yeah, I'm okay with this. Right. Um, You know, on the other hand, when you're going to question everything, sometimes you can't go to question it alone. Right. And so it takes buy-in from the team. So everybody on a team is, I mean, the reason we call it a team is because every single person has their place on that team. So it's essential that if you're going to question something that may not be um, something that management wants to hear, that as a team, you're kind of showing a united front. It's kind of it goes back to the whole bullying episode that we did a while ago about the bully, the victim and the bystander. You know, sometimes when you go to question, one person sticks their head up, you know, and takes the hit while everybody kind of hangs back to see what happens. No, 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 no. I mean, if you want to start moving forward, the whole team has to stand up. And so if there's one person on the team that says, you know what, I don't think that this is going to work. That also has to be respected. And maybe you don't bring it up, but everybody has to weigh in. And it can't just be that this person's scared. It has to also be that there's a valid reason as to why they don't want to question. Right. Everybody has their say as well. Right. So everybody should have a say in it, but everybody should then be supportive of the team. And I actually had one, I had one project a while ago, just, it was actually just a few years ago where 
everybody on the team had a cohesive front. Like we all had each other's back. So it wasn't like, you know, I mean, there were times that, yeah, we might fight amongst ourselves. But at the end of the day, we always showed a united front. And we also never threw anybody under the bus. And I think our team or someone else's team, right? I mean, so there was always, our team was cohesive, but then yet we were always very respectful of the other teams. Yeah, it just, it just opens up the uh, ceiling for being free to ask any type of question you want. Well, it's just so freeing. You just actually are excited and happy to go to work and to work on a project. Imagine that. Yeah, imagine that, right? Yeah. I mean, it's just that little bit of, I know that everybody on this team has my back and will support me. And I also know that we're not going to be jerks to any other team. And we're actually setting the example of how well this can work. And they would be saying, well, we're glad that Eva's here because she'll ask the right questions. Hmm. Well, she'll ask the right questions, but she's never going to be a bully or never be insulting. But we'll also ask in a way to move this project forward. Now we're getting somewhere. Now we're getting somewhere. All right. So we're going to go ahead and take our, wow, our last break already. Stay mm-hmm. with us, everyone. This is Corporate Talk with Charlie and Eva. And today we're questioning everything. We'll be right back. CARE Certification in the Workplace is the award-winning shared leadership training seminar that will revolutionize your career and position you as the go-to person in your organization, regardless of your job description. CARE is the acronym for Courage to Take Action Relevant to Everyone. This means your new workplace mission is to deliver results for the good of the company, but not at the expense of others. Up until now, CARE certification was only available through company-sponsored seminars. But now you can become CARE certified in the workplace on your own time. Order Module 1 today and begin the transformation. There's unlimited opportunity in the workplace today, provided you have the right strategy. Becoming CARE certified is the right strategy. For more information, go to charlieandeva.com. That's charlieandeva.com. Welcome back to Corporate Talk with Charlie and Eva on TalkZone.com. Well, we are back for our final segment. We are questioning everything today. And so for the last segment, I wanted to take a step back from work and just talk about more than just work. You know, Same, same concept, same rules, right? Same collaboration. Right. Right. Because just like at work, when I say you should question what your coworkers think about things, you should also question everything around what your family thinks and your friends think. And that can be tough because we always kind of hang out with we tend to hang out with like minded people. We don't want to be the black sheep. I mean, some people kind of went the opposite way and just, you know, disconnected from their family. But, you know, some of us don't want to disconnect, but yet it's still important to question everything around the beliefs, the, the rituals, even anything in the family that may not really work for you well, anymore. Well, what's funny is, you know, so we talk about the, care certification seminar, which is a, you know, a model where we go over questioning everything. Mm-hmm. And you always said from the beginning, uh, we need care certification in the home. Yes, as absolutely. Well. And it's all about respect and freedom 
and trust um, and raising the bar because questions require answers. So everybody's on their game and it just makes it makes everything better. It does make everything better, but it can also create, you know, a problem. Right. Especially in families, because when you start looking and questioning and doing things a little bit differently, you will be questioned by your family. So it's important in those times to as you're deciding what it is that you want to do and how you want to do it, that you get very, very firm in what it is that you want to do. And then you talk to your family about it. So you always want to have what Sonia Choquette, who was a teacher of mine, used to say, you know, you always want to share your ideas with someone with believing eyes. So someone that believes in you, you want to, when it's incubating, when an idea is kind of incubating, you want to make sure that only those people that will be supportive of you know about it. And sometimes those people can be within your family, but a lot of times it might not be in your family because if you change, everybody in your family feels like they have to change. Right. So earlier, you, you know, you were talking about uh, it applies to ourselves as well. Right. And maybe we, uh, in that example, if we don't have that person outside the family, we learn to question ourselves first, at least get it clear internally. Right, because that's a good point about questioning your own thoughts, because this is where it gets down to the to the deepest level, right? We start questioning our own thoughts, because maybe since... I actually had um, a case where someone had been told when they were young that they were introverted and they were quiet. And it, I said, I don't think you are. I mean, I think that you're a, the perfect definition of extroverted and I don't think you're quiet at all. And she kind of said, yeah, I, I after a while she said, yeah, I think you're right. And I can't believe that I let this sink in and that I, I let myself be this person she when that's not really that. who I was. Right. But it can be so ingrained because you've heard it for so long that yeah. you don't even think to question it. But those are the things that you really need to start questioning or, um, you well, know, no one in our family ever went to college or no one in our family ever, you know, cracked six figures or, you know, no one became a PhD. You know, no one, why God not? Forbid, um, followed the Red Sox. Right. Well, that's a whole nother issue. Right. Yeah, that's a whole nother issue. Um, no, I, I agree. It's uh, it's very, very. Important. Or a single woman can't be single and happy. You know that it's just that's crazy talk. It's crazy talk. Right. It's crazy talk. And so you really need to question that. And if you start questioning your own thoughts around your own limitations and then you start questioning those around you, it will then naturally move into work. Yeah. It will naturally move into work because there's so many things that we just do sort of on autopilot that we forget we don't have to do things the way they've always been done. Well, you mentioned earlier about um, being so programmed to think one way, you don't even question it. You don't even question it because to you it's just a natural thing. And another another symptom is being bullied to thinking a certain way, mm-hmm. right? And that could be in the home as well, for sure. Yeah, but bullying is a little easier to handle because you realize after a while that you have been bullied, right? So that's a little easier to handle. I'm talking about stuff that's a little more subtle, 
little more subtle that maybe you weren't bullied, but we've always done it this way. Like everybody always comes home for the holidays. There, you know, why would you not want to come home for the holidays? Yeah. You know, those kind of little subtle things. Or, you know, why would you want to take a job across the country? Everyone is here. You know, so it's not like, you know, that your family can be some, you know, people that are bullying you. It could just be that, well, they just don't understand how you could want to do something that different. It's like, you know, it never ends, mm-hmm. right? Whether it it's doesn't. work, home, in your head, it never ends. Well, and now, you know, with the amount of data that's out there and available at our fingertips, it's so easy to get caught up in these subtle messages and not so subtle messages and we forget, well, hang on a second. We need to question this. You know, we need to question this. You know, it'll be, it can be subtle. Like you're watching a show and, or you're watching a movie and the protagonist in the movie is a young single woman and she lives in New York and she's an assistant to someone and she's 25 years old, but yet she has this apartment that's like, amazing, right? There's like a million dollar apartment. And you get, you got a question. You think to yourself, well, why can't I have that? Yeah. Until you have to have a step back and say, well, wait a second, this doesn't even make sense what they're saying here. Right. And, you know, in turn, in, in the home, it could be you're getting that feedback from others, too. Yeah. Right. Okay. So it's important that as you question, it's not about becoming angry or belligerent. It's about getting to a place where you're getting comfortable with the choices that you're making because you're making them from an a knowledgeable, engaged part of you. Right. And so one of the ways to kind of figure out whether or not the choices you're making are the right choices is you check in with yourself. Do I feel better or do I feel worse when I'm making this choice? Hmm. You know, do I feel better? How do I feel when I stood up to this person and said what I thought? Really from not so much, it can sometimes come out as anger, but from a really authentic, heartfelt place. This is how I really feel. You know, this is how I really feel. And I'm letting you know, I'm okay with you doing it, whatever you want to do, but I need to do this for me. You know, and when you share that at that deep level, how do you feel? I mean, sometimes we can have a little guilt, but underneath the guilt is this kind of like, ah, I needed to say that. Um, and what we also always want to monitor how we feel, like you just said, but right. also, um, is it helping me bring my unique gifts to the table? Right. Right. I want to make sure that I'm moving forward in that direction as well, especially in the workplace. And you always want to have a little bit of perspective around what it is that you want from wherever you're at, in your family, in your organization, in your career. What is it that I want from this? You know, what do I want to get from this? Because as we know, things change all the time. Nothing will ever stay the same. I mean, you hate to say it, but it just won't. Even if you stay in your same house behind locked doors, something will change. You know, something's going to break. You know, it's going to get dirty. Something's going to happen. Your health is going to be impacted, but it will not stay the way it was. So questioning also keeps you energetic because you're thinking. It keeps you energetic. And it's also important to listen to a lot of different point of views, um, different points of view, because 
for me, like when I went and studied voiceover and acting and I was working in corporate as an IT consultant in the accounting area, that was a whole new ball game when I started doing that. It was like different people, you know, during the day, a lot of the people I worked with were somewhat introverted. They were a lot of fun, but they were a little low key. In the evenings, these are people that were big time extroverts, hmm. you know, like everybody was like, look at me. And it was just a whole different way of looking at things. It opens up doing things and it, it opened up my own creativity. And you could even ask questions because now you're a little more familiar with the players you're around. Right. So another thing to think about is really kind of changing up the people that you're hanging around with, you know, go and make some new friends, go and do something different, go and do something that you've never done before, you know, take a different kind of class. If if you're always all about, you know, information technology, go take a writing class or a spirituality class, do something really different. That's challenging. It's very challenging, but it will really open up your mind to a different way of thinking. Well, I, I think it's easier to question. You know, we need to be moving forward, right? Mm-hmm. We want everybody to have the ball because I think, you know, we can take it downfield. Mm-hmm. And um, it's on us. And the way to do that is to speak up and ask questions. That's absolutely right. So, again, thanks for listening and make sure you question everything. Bye, guys. You've been listening to Corporate Talk with Charlie and Eva. Special thanks to our producer, Dave Olson, and the TalkZone family. All our replays are available at TalkZone.com or in the iTunes store. Also, be sure to download the free TalkZone app so you can listen to our show at any time. Your suggestions and comments are always welcome. Please email us at info at CharlieAndEva.com. Thanks again for listening.